Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by Katie Midwinter as we preview the weekend action. We are going to be heading over to Ascot where they have the Shergar Cup and we'll be looking at a couple of the ITV races at Haydock. But before we get into that, Katie, how are things with you? Did you enjoy your trip to the Galway Festival last week? I did, yeah. Liz and I went to Galway last Wednesday. Uh, I stayed on an extra couple of days and it was just incredible. They're really enjoyable meeting. I'd encourage anyone uh, to go there if they get the opportunity. Great atmosphere and definitely a place to visit. And I'll be looking forward to going back next year, that's for sure. Uh, Pimlico Racing, the three runners across the week too, which was exciting. And yeah, overall, it was just a great experience in a really lovely city. Yeah, I was actually on holiday in your neck of the woods last week and I, I was slightly jealous. So, yeah, definitely on my bucket list for the future. And, yeah, I need to go racing in Ireland, still yet to go to a race meeting there. So, yeah, one for me on my bucket list. But anyway, enough of that. Let's get into the action then. So the first race we are going to look at is the 135 at Ascot. It's the Dubai Duty Free Shergar Cup Dash over five furlongs. And the market looks like this. Rogue Lightning is your favourite at 9-2 we've then got existent at 11-2 with intrinsic bond dismarvelous is sixes bond chairman seven to one michaela's boy 11 to one chipstead 12s along with t spirit and bigger are the rest kt an interesting looking race to kick things off we've got a couple of three-year-olds uh three-year-old at the top of the betting with rogue lightning um getting the weight for age allowances do you think he's uh the deserved favorite here Possibly, but the one I like is Dream Composer. He's a course and distance winner. He's back on his last winning mark of 96. Been dropped a pound for finishing eighth when last seen. And I think he'll prefer the better ground here. Uh, he's a really nice each way price too at 22 to 1. So he's the one that I fancy in the race. I'm going to go with one at a slightly bigger price as well with Michaela's boy for Hayley Turner and Mick Appleby. Last time we saw this horse, he ran a really good race over in Ireland at the Curra when dead heathing in second. He was taking on his elders there, so that shouldn't be a problem for me, taking on his elders again. I think if he can replicate that run, I think he'll go fairly close in this race. Hayley Turner as well, she loves the Shergar Cup. She won the Silver Saddle in 2018 and 2019, so she's clearly targeting winners at this meeting, and for me, I thought he was a little bit overpriced there so that's our thoughts then on the opener at ascot we then move on to the 210 the dubai duty free shogun cup stayers over two miles zoffy is your favorite for frankie and hugo palmer at 72 we've then got the very man at 15 to 2 post impressionist 9 to 1 along with the grand vizier Berkshire rocker at tens along with laura of the sea and pre dwen uh, the max we can is also tens uh, zinc white as well frown hall at 18s all right sunshine 22s and east asia is the outside of the field at 25 to 1 Casey Zoffi is quite likely to be a, a popular favourite on the day with the Frankie factor, but I thought he had to bounce back after a disappointing run. What did you think? Yeah, I can see the angle with him, but he's a little bit unreliable for me to take a chance on him at that price. The one that I had a look at is a horse that's becoming a bit of a cliff horse for me, and that is Berkshire Rocco. Uh, he's running off a more realistic mark here, off 95, I'd say, and it is probably a more accurate representation of his level of ability. 
he has shown promise as a player. He was second in the Queen's Bars and St. Ledger as a three-year-old. And I've been watching the Amazon Prime documentary Horsepower um, the last few nights as well. It follows his journey when he went to Qatar to run in a valuable race there. He finished second then too. He's been a bit of a bridesmaid, but he's a really good horse on his day. He's six pounds below his last winning mark now. And I think he's probably worth sticking with. Best price at 10 to 1 I'm seeing at the moment. So it's a bit of value that I think he's got a good each way chance. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for Law of the Sea here, for Jan Moreira and Ian Williams. You have to forgive his last two runs, but before that, he's put together some really good efforts. He finished fourth at Royal Ascot, where he wasn't beaten too far behind a horse with no name. I think that was a good run, racing off the same mark of 92 here. The time before that, he finished second uh, behind Solent Gateway. I just think there's a lot to like about him. Ian Williams tends to do quite well in these staying handicaps at Ascot, and I think this could be his day in the sun. He, like I say, he has been a bit of a cliff horse for quite a few people. I've not got involved with him the, on the last two occasions, so I'm hoping uh, this could be the time to catch him right. And at 10 to 1, I thought he was maybe a little bit overpriced there, where some at the top of the market, just like Lauren C, have some question marks to answer. I didn't think that was a particularly solid one. So for me, I am going to go with Law of the Sea. We then go to the 2.45 for the Dubai Duty Free Shogo Cup a challenge over a mile and four. La Yakel is your favourite three to one. We've then got Pride of Priory, last year's winner at nine to two. Scampi at 13 to two. And the leap for uh, the Kublers at nine to one. Max Mayhem at 11s long with Wooden Sun. Norton Cross 12s, bigger are the rest. Katie, I thought this was a quite a tricky race. La Yakel, wasn't disgraced on his comeback last time out, but I thought there were question marks over that run. I didn't think he showed a particularly willing attitude. What did you think of his run? Hello? Yeah, could only finish second on his seasonal reappearance. It's difficult to back a horse when he's been sent off at odds of five to four in his previous run and he, he's been beaten, but I think he'll probably come on for that run as he failed to hit the ground running at the start of last season too. And, He's possibly still off a good mark of 95, uh, maybe still ahead of the handicapper there. But I quite like his stable mate, Pride of Priory, who, as you mentioned, Chris, he won this race last year and he's back off his last winning mark when he did win the race. He'll like the drying ground at Ascot and I think he'll be there or thereabouts. So he'd be my selection. Okay, Pride of Priory, it is for Katie. I didn't have a particularly strong opinion in the race. I thought you could maybe make a case for Anderleep. He's been running well of late, but might have some question marks for him over this sort of trip. Therefore, I was looking at possibly Knowlton Cross, who didn't uh, run a bad race over this course and distance last time out when finishing third behind City Street. Was been dropped a pound for that run, but I think the ground might have been against him slightly. They had a bit of ease in the ground. It's been quite warm down here in the south the last few days, so I imagine the ground has been drying out, and I think that will definitely play to his strengths. So for me, I thought Norton Cross, maybe each way at 12-1, to 1, he might be worth a saver there. We move on to the 3.20, to the Dubai Duty Free Shogo Cup mile 
Uh, Proto is your favourite eleven to four. We then got Escobar at sevens along with Silent Film, Empire State of Mind fifteen to two, The Wizard of Eye seventeen to two, Bear Force one at tens along with Positive Impact. Then bigger are the rest. Katie, I think there's a couple of uh, horses in here that are a few old favourites of the podcast. Are you going to be siding with any of them? I think I am because I think Escobar has been put up quite a bit on this podcast. I think I give him a chance. He's five pounds lower than his last one in March. His recent form, it doesn't read well. He has gone down in the weights quite a bit, and I think he's too good to be overlooked. Wouldn't be an overly strong fancy for me here. Probably not a race I will be punting in. But uh, Escobar, Safi Osborne on board, on board, she's in flying form. I think Escobar, 7-1, decent value there. Yeah, that was the way I was looking to play with... Um... Escobar, like you say, he's fallen down the weight. He started off the year for 111. He's now racing off 102 tomorrow. So I think uh, I think he could be the class act of the race. And at the prices, I'm willing to give him a go. He won over seven furlongs back in October at Ascot off a mark of 107. So he's undoubtedly well handicapped. I actually thought his run last time out at Goodwood wasn't even that terrible either. He was drawn out in the car park. I think the ground might have been slightly against him. So I think you put a line through that run. I think this is more his uh, cup of tea. And for me, I think, yeah, like you say, I think he could easily have a good chance of bouncing back. So I'm in agreement with you in Escobar. Uh, there's just two races on the card left to preview at Ascot. They're the 355 and the 430. In the 355, I thought it was an interesting race. Uh, some unexposed three-year-olds uh, lining up. I thought Rajasthan would likely to go well for the Gosdens and Hayley Turner. Uh, one on his seasonal reappearance at Salisbury in quite good style. We showed a really good term of attitude. Going back for his juvenile form, he finished second behind Cicero's uh, gift, who's a big talking horse uh, from the Charlie Hill stable. So off a mark of 87, he could be well handicapped on his handicap debut. So a positive mention for him. And in the 4.30, Quinault um, is going for the seventh timer. has been a bit of a cash machine so far this year for Stuart Williams. Has to be respected at the head of the market, 2-1. to one. But I thought Dark Trooper was interesting for Savvy Osborne and Ed Walker. It's turned out again quickly after winning at Haydock uh, last week. Does have to carry a £3 penalty for that win. But I just was really encouraged by the way uh, he came from off the pace. He's quite versatile. He can be ridden forward. He can be ridden cold. There's quite a bit of pace on him here. He's a monster, likes to go forward. Washington Heights has been known to go forward as well. If they do go hard and Safi does decide to take her time with him, that wouldn't at all concern me. And I think a 9-1, to one, I think that's a perfectly decent each-way bet. So Dark Trooper would be my one to follow in the last so that's the races covered at ascot we're moving on now to a couple of races at haydock the first one we're going to look at is a 225 it's the bet fred play fred's five million handicap over a mile big field here of 15 runners isle of jura is your favorite four to one along with Pert master we've then got a feet elaine at 13 to 2 Kathab at 15 to 2 Border Gun at 11 to 1, Fantastic Fox at 12, and Bigger are the rest. Katie, there's a whole heap of runners in here that you could give a chance to. Did you have a couple, or was there one that really stuck out to you? My eye was drawn to the two Richard Hannon runners in here, uh, who both seem to have drifted in the market from when I had a look earlier on. 
Dawn of Liberation and System. Sean Levy rides Dawn of Liberation, now 50 to one shot. Uh, six pounds lower than when fourth at Chester in May. That was his best performance so far this season. He is carrying a hefty rate of 10 stone here, which is probably putting punters off. But uh, I think he has the potential to run well off a mark of 93 in this field. And then you have System, who finished next second to Random Harvest in the handicap last year. We've seen what Random Harvest has gone on to achieve since a Group 3 success last month with Safi Osborne on board. And system is one pound higher than her last winning mark too. So I think she's overpriced, but the market isn't speaking in favour of them. So they might just be worth uh, watching tomorrow. Maybe not a race to have a bet in for me, but I'll be keen to see how the Han and Per get on. Okay, I actually had a couple in here that I thought were interesting. I thought Kafab was interested in making his handicap debut. William Haggis, one last time out in Novice Company at Ripon. It was only a four-runner race, but the third-place horse in that race sanctioned one yesterday at Nottingham. So the form has taken a boost there, and he's interested in making him his handicap debut off a mark of 85. Maybe this is a little bit too competitive, but I'll be interested to see how he fares. And the one I thought that was slightly overpriced was Helm Rock for the Kublers. I really like... Uh, what the Kublers are doing at the moment. They're going really close in a lot of uh, big races, but they're just lacking that top-quality horse. I'm sure it's going to come along uh, sooner rather than later, but uh, Helm Rock has been a really good servant to them. He won over this course in distance last year for Mark of 86, and ever since then, he's probably just been a little bit too high in the weights. He's run some good races off Marks in the low 90s. He now finds himself off a Mark of 88. He's back up in trip, but he finished uh, seven, uh, sixth over seven furlongs in the Yarmouth League uh, towards the end of July. So I think coming back here, over this course and distance to a uh, course he's won at before, I just think that speaks volumes to me. And I think 20 to 1, I think you're just getting a, a good each way price there. So for me, Helm Rock and Kafab are ones to keep an eye out in the opener at Haydock. We then go on to the feature race at Haydock for the 3 o'clock for the Betfred Rose of Lancaster Stakes Group 3 over a mile and a quarter. Alazi is your favourite at 15 to 8. We then got King of Conquest at 3 to 1. Midnight Mile, the only filly in the race at 6 to 1. Uh, Phantom Flight at 17 to 2. Savvy Victory at 9. Zell Drama 12s. Classic Causeway is outsider at 33 to 1. Uh, Katie, come to you here. Um, Alazi... The market couldn't have him last time out at Newbury. He opened up at five to four um, once he was declared, and then he drifted out all the way to seven to two in the betting. Uh, do we think the market has got to be watched again with him here? I think he's the one to beat. He's the highest rated in the race, and he's unlucky not to be a Group One winner. Really, he was just touched off by Power Driver in the Coronation Cup a couple of years ago. He's more than capable of winning at this level, but he's probably past his peak uh, as a six-year-old now. King of Conquest wears first-time cheap pieces. I don't think he's necessarily a Group 3 horse, but this doesn't look like the deepest race, so maybe he does have a chance if he improves for the addition of headgear. But I'm going to side with Midnight Mile, a really progressive filly who I've been following throughout her career so far. A comfortable listed win when last seen and uh, she was great as a juvenile she won a group three and she finished fourth at the Breeders' Cup so she's a really nice filly and she receives all of the allowances here I think conditions will suit her and I can see her running a big race Okay, a positive mention then 
for Midnight Mile. I thought this was a race particularly to stay away from. I thought Alazi was, as you say, probably the most likely winner on paper. But for me, I thought there are a couple in here that could win. I thought Savvy Victory couldn't rule him out. King of Conquest as well, first-time cheek pieces. Maybe they could help him find a little bit more improvement. I thought it was quite trappy, and for me, uh, I'm happy to uh, let this one go through to the wicketkeeper. So that's our thoughts then on the Rose of Lancaster Stakes at Haydock. Uh, the Carrows got a good card this weekend, with the highlight being the Group 1 Phoenix Stakes. Katie, I know you had a, a couple of horses you wanted to talk about uh, over the Irish Sea. Yeah, firstly in the 325, the Phoenix Sprint Stakes, I like the look of Sharfash, who will have learned a lot in his three races this year. Thought he dealt with the, well with the challenge of running an open company at Newbury when last seen. Couldn't quite match Comanche Falls for speed, but he wasn't beaten too far. They finished in a bunch then. Sharfash is only a three-year-old. There could be plenty more improvement to come from him. And then looking ahead to the 440, the Phoenix Stakes. Now, Aidan O'Brien has run this race 17 times, most recently with a newly retired little Big Bet uh, in last year's renewal. Unquestionable is the choice of Ryan Moore and looks to be Ballydor's first string. But he needs to reverse form with Bucanero Forte, and I'm not sure he will. I was impressed with the way Bucanero Forte battled back after being headed by Unquestionable in the closing stages when the pair met. At the track last month, he showed great fight. And if he can replicate that here, I think he will be very difficult to beat. Porta Fortuna is an interesting runner for Donica O'Brien. She's bidding for a four-timer, fresh from an Albany Stakes win. She's taken on the boys here. And be interesting to see how she gets on with Oshin Murphy in the saddle. But I'm going to stick with Bucanera Forte, who I think will be too good. Okay, a couple to then to watch uh, over the RC from Katie. Um, I liked a couple just uh, running at uh, Newmarket and at Haydock. The first one is at Haydock in the 335, a horse called Kinjani. I put this one up in my Telegram group last time out when she got headed by uh, Gallant Lion late on. It was a really good run. The pair were miles clear of the rest in that field. I think there's a lot more improvements come from her. Um, for PJ McDonald and Ed Walker. She's racing off a mark of 76 here. The two, actually, uh, PJ McDonald and Ed Walker, have a fantastic combination this season um, when teaming up together. They're operating at a 67% strike rate, so clearly it's a sign of intent. So for me, I think Kinjani will go very close in the 335. And then five minutes later, in the uh, Solaris Stakes at Newmarket, the 340, I thought the Johnstons... Um, Carolina Reaper was slightly overpriced here. Um, I think she should be favourite on form. You can get 9-2 about her currently. She ran a good race when sixth in the Chesham at uh, Royal Ascot. And then she came to the July course and won easy as you like um, over the course and distance uh, in novice company. But that form doesn't look too bad. The second place horse of uh, Michael Bells uh, subsequently won at Lingfield. So it's good to see the form then boosted there. She does have to prove it on the rating. She's got official rating of 88, but I think um, what she's shown in the form book, she's just as good as the front two in the market. So for me, I think Carolina Reaper, uh, if she goes to the front, she could be a tough nut to crack. So for me, they're two um, that are on my radar to watch this week. So that's all we got time for um, this week. Thanks again to Katie for giving up her time. Hopefully we found you some winners this weekend. Remember to follow us on all the social podcast platforms. We're available on um, 
Twitter and on Instagram at In The Saddle Pod. You can also as well subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify and SoundCloud. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon. 